podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I belong, I belong to you. I belong, I belong to you. Hey guys, I'm Sai and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Andy Campbell Championship Show. This is episode number 73. The show is live on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. Ace Podcast Nation is also a home to many great shows and series featuring top guests, expert analysts and more. So please give us a follow on social media. Most importantly, subscribe to the YouTube channel. The links to all of that and more below. And of course, you can follow the Andy Campbell shows on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at AC Footy Show for to keep up to date on uh, the latest shows and guests, and talk a bit of football. And of course, audio versions of every sing- single show we do are available at your favourite radio and podcasting platform or app. Just as uh, we await the uh, live chat to fill up. And uh, I'd just like to say a big thank you, really, to Black Diamond Sports, firstly, for their support with all the shows. They're a global sports agency representing sports stars around the world. For more information, you can visit their social media pages as well as their new website, the links to which are in the description and, of course, at the closing credits at the end of the show. And uh, lastly, a big thank you to Darren Ralston and Bespoke Financial for sponsoring the Andy Campbell Shows. And uh, here's a quick word from them. My mummy and daddy have been talking about life insurance. It sounds like something to protect my brother and me, but I don't really understand. Then my auntie Louise told mummy about Bespoke Financial Teesside. She said they're a local company who helped her with her life insurance. Mummy got in touch and because they're based locally, a man called Darren was able to come to our house. He was really friendly. Darren stayed for a cup of tea and made it all really easy to understand. He said that life insurance will protect our home and family if anything bad were to happen. Like if mummy or daddy got sick, then we'd get enough money to take care of us and our house would be paid for so we wouldn't get taken away. After an hour, Darren said goodbye and mummy and daddy seemed a lot happier. Once it was all sorted, we could all relax and watch a film together as a family. I don't know why they didn't do it sooner. 
Yes, a uh, big thank you to Bespoke Financial. Of course, Bespoke Financial specialise in life insurance, critical illness, income protection, mortgages, and last but not least, sports cover. Uh, have a look at their website, their social media pages. Give them a look. Top quality uh, performance in their industry and looking to expand into different cities in the UK. And I'm delighted that they sponsor the show and uh, trying to help them grow as uh, we try to help ourselves grow as well. And uh, very quickly, for all the people who've sent me messages and DMs on Twitter and text this week, since last Saturday, asking, can I talk about Cardiff? Can we talk about Cardiff? Are you going to rant about Cardiff? It's coming. And uh, But... Joining me to talk about that and much, much more in the championship is none other than David Jokes' favourite son, Cardiff City and Middlesbrough legend, the king of the over-40s league, Mr Andrew Campbell. How are you, sir? I'm better than I was last week. Uh, last week, so I'll just start with an apology. Obviously, last week wasn't great uh, from my point of view. It was, a, it was a disaster towards the end, so yeah, all sorted, all happy. Uh, it's been a rubbish week, by the way. Football, Saturday, <coughs> Friday. Obviously, the show was on Friday. Obviously, I know we're going to go into the, into the games individually, but yeah, the weekend uh, personally didn't um, didn't give us a great, didn't give us or me a great start. But yeah, football's back, which is the important thing. Um, we're going to have some fans back, which is also going to be an important thing. I know we're going to talk about that as well. Um, so hopefully, we're we're starting on a bit of a bit of a normal uh, normal curve in football terms, but in in life terms, everything. Everything staying the same, so to speak, I think. Oh, Leslie Coates is back. The, oh, main, the back. main man is back in the room, as they say. Must have been on a holiday. So, yeah, well, some people are on holiday constantly, now. But uh, six holidays a year. Gareth Bale's coming back from holiday, mate. As they were just uh, discussing in the live chat. I know it's a championship uh, show, so we'll just have a quick I, chat. I, I, I'm a surprised... No, I'm not surprised he's going to Spurs. It was the only team I think. I think it's a bad move for him, mate. I do. It's the only it's the only club he wanted to go back to. Mourinho, back for Mourinho. To Tottenham Hotspur, new stadium. To be fair, ticks all the boxes for Gareth personally, you know. But yeah, uh, of course. I heard uh, Danny Gabadon talking um, the other day about him, and uh, he was quite open and honest. Really, he said um, that they're getting a a very good player, but they're not getting the world class player that he used to be when he when he left the first time around. Cutting. So, That's yeah. a bit harsh, isn't it? Jeez. Well, he's. He's under he's under pressure, Sam. He's under massive pressure because he's expecting to um, hit the ground running, score all his goals, create chances, set the Premier League alight again, and it'll be mm. uh, it'll be interesting how it, how it works out. Listen, world class football is a world class football is the the find a way to to get the job done, so to speak. So I'm uh, I won't uh, be surprised to uh, to see to see him be a success at Spurs. No, absolutely. Mourinho will have him playing left back by November. Mark <laughs> mark my words. Um, look. I do, from a Welsh point of view, I just want him to play regular football. My worry is that Mourinho will try and get him playing three games a week and that will do more damage than good. You know, his body yeah. has never held up really, really well to, uh, yeah. you know, to big few multiple games per week, should I say. But on the other hand, his injury record is not as bad as people make out. Um, there was a period a couple of years ago where everyone was like, oh, you can't go to Man United. Man United fans were like, oh, they don't want him. He's always injured. And the, like the twelve months prior, he barely been injured, but Madrid weren't picking him. Mm. There's a difference between not yeah. being picked and and uh, being injured all the time. And uh, I don't, it's, you know, he has I think, had a I, I think he'll be issues. looked after. I think he'll be looked after, and uh, and he'll he'll 
he'll be wrapped up in cotton wool, so to speak, football terms. And and he's an asset. He's a he's a huge asset, huge fee on the top of his head. He's he's on big wages. So for me, they need him, and they need him, but they need him fit really quickly as well. Though. So they've got they've got to handle him, handle him as uh, as well as they need, and he needs as well. If I was Spurs, I would get that wrapped up as quick as possible, because it's looking less and less likely that. Jaden Sancho is going to United, and you just never know if United. Well, he, was, he was. He was. Come in last you, minute. He was. I, yeah, so I, I don't think he's I the sort of person I, either I, to change his me, mind last minute. I think the contract will have been, will have been signed and sealed, and, and whatever happens, happens. You'd think so. It's uh, Jonathan Barnett, a very, a very savvy um, journalist as well, yeah. uh, journalist agent. So I'd be yeah. very surprised if it's not all signed, sealed, and delivered yeah. now. But anyway, let's get on to the proper stuff. The, the the good stuff, as it were. The championship is back. Week one. Overall thoughts, mate. Was it a rocking return to the championship, or was it a bit more gorgy, psychotic monkey? Um, I, I thought it was quite exciting. I thought there was a lot more goals. I think there was a lot of excitement uh, in certain games. Uh, I don't think the, uh, the the lack of obviously the zero supporters is helping certain teams because. Big new signings for certain sides. Um, obviously, didn't get that opportunity to play in front of um, their new teams, and it, it's a difficult one, really. But you know, what I mean, I think. Uh, listen, I know we have a laughing and joke on here about uh, league tables not lying and stuff, and um, uh, league tables don't lie because the best team win on the game, and and whatever happened at the weekend, you know, what I mean, some really interesting results and really good results, and um, and for example, when you see. Sheffield Wednesday bottom of the league with nine points, but the one the one game on Saturday. It's sometimes it's uh, it's not a real reflection of what's going on sometimes. So it's it's a strange one, but yeah, really happy he's back, um, and looking forward to to uh, uh, some more fun and games this weekend. Gorgie Zygotic Monkey Gaz, a Welsh band from the nineties. Shocking, <laughs> fancy a Londoner doesn't know that. Oh, Leslie Coates going to the Riverside tomorrow. Is he is he one of the lucky thousand? Um, depends on, we'll start things. there then. Start with the fire. Any other business, there's going to be. They're doing basic thing of it is they're doing uh, EFL. You can have a thousand fans if you you have to apply for it. Each club's got to apply individually, um, and then if they get accepted by the local council and the league, they can then put a thousand fans in the stadium. Uh, there were several clubs straight away who would refuse uh, permission via their local authorities, Peterborough, for instance, because of the high COVID rate. Uh, which is good. I thought that they keep the US not just a free for all, and they're not just saying, "Yep, everyone can do it as long as you apply." It does seem to be based on, you know, the the COVID rate in your area, yeah. should we say? Um, think, uh, listen, I think it's I think it's a really good idea that that, that they're allowing fans back in. My question and my uh, my caveat for me is the, is the number is you know what I mean? You, you've got a football stadium. For me, you've got to do a percentage. And the percentage is going to be different for every single football club because um, Middlesbrough Football Ground sellout is, I think, you're you 40,000 you 40, fans. Hmm. So you've got 39,000 empty seats. What's the point? You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you could have, you could have, um, you could have 10%. So you could have 4,000 fans there, and it was, still would be evened out over a course of time, uh, a, a course of space. Everyone would be social distance because it would, would be over um, four stands. And it would be safe, and it would be really safe, and it would be really good to have fans uh, to see fans if you it, when the TV cameras are there, 
fans behind the goal if there's goals scored. You know what I mean? So it would be nice for everything instead of having fans in one in one side of the stadium, which I guess is, is happening. Um, it'll be in the main stand. Um, I just think. I know, I know we haven't had any fans and going from zero to a, to a high number, but I don't see the difference between four thousand and one thousand. I think ten percent is a is for me is a is a good number, it's a safe number because if your stadium is a ten thousand seat stadium, say, you're still getting one thousand fans. I think that's a little bit unfair on on the teams that've yeah. got uh, bigger stadiums. I think there's a couple of things to it in there. Like I was thinking initially, I was thinking right, if you're gonna have fans in there, if you add one fan for every five seats, you can social distance both sides. And you can still have a decent number of fans in the stadium, but I think when you, it's not just the seating; it's the coming into the ground and yeah. people being able to socially distance and and stick into whatever regulations they put in place as you're coming into the ground in the foyers under the, you know under the stadium and and all this different stuff. Maybe that makes it a bit more complicated if you start getting up into certain numbers. I don't know. However, like you say, you know. If it's a thousand or it's two thousand or it's four thousand, they don't think there's a great deal of difference. No. Um, but equally, like you say, what you what you might find is say uh, at one of the smaller grounds, which doesn't hold very many, if they put their prices up or down accordingly, they're going to make potentially more money than a team who's got a forty thousand seat seat stadium who would fill it out. Yeah. And then do you find like teams like Middlesbrough or Stoke? Or these teams who have come down for the Premier League, Watford, etc., who've got the bigger stadiums, are they going to charge astronomical prices because tickets are like gold dust? There's only a thousand people going to get. In well, I think it's only. I, I do believe it's to try and raise money. Season ticket holders. You know what I, mean? so I do believe it's season ticket holders. So right, you okay. get season tickets, so obviously, so the prices are, are fine. I don't think there's any away fans in tomorrow, um, which is obviously by the by, it's 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 irrelevant because yeah. Um, it's obviously a, a home game for Middlesbrough, so it's uh, an opportunity for the Bournemouth fans, I'm guessing, to, to pay through their own avenues like Middlesbrough fans have had to do um, and Cardiff fans do. Um, but listen, I'm, I'm, I'm glad people are allowed back in because supporters love the football and players love to play in front of fans. So yeah. if they can generate an atmosphere uh, somehow, you know what I mean? I know that they're, they're on about that you're not allowed to sing and you're not allowed to chant and you're not allowed to celebrate goals and stuff or, or cheer, but... Listen, if, if you're allowing fans back in the ground, then it's going to happen. It's, na- it's a natural natural thing to happen. Absolutely, mate. So, obviously, on this Friday show, we're on like a time time limit. So, I want to ask you this very quickly. How would you feel if I asked you to, to do ask your question now for any other business and you've got 60 seconds to answer, you don't know what the question is, and you've got to do it off the cuff? You up for it? Or would you rather not? Me? It's nothing, yeah. It's nothing terrible. Yeah, yeah go on then. Right. I would like you, because I have little to no interest in the competition, to sum up this week's Carabao Milk Carlin Coca-Cola Cup in 60 seconds. Uh, waste of time. Absolute waste of time. Play, teams aren't taking it seriously whatsoever. Um, so to, to, have the, to have the tournament the way it is now, you know what I mean? Some teams have took it really seriously. Um, I'm only going on Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough's team in formation and mm-hmm. Neil Warnock's um, own admission that he watched the game from the stands, which has never been heard of for a manager like Neil. Neil's all, always hands-on, so he didn't really, was, wasn't that interested in it. His main focus is the weekend, and, and I see some other teams doing the same thing. Listen, it's great for the Salfords to play against Everton at, at uh, Goodison Park, and it's great for um, for other teams to go to uh, Premier League stadiums and play against Premier League players, but if these cup competitions aren't going to be taken seriously, then what's the point of putting them in put them in the middle of a, in the middle of a week before a, another championship season or a, or the Premier League or, or a Premier League fixture? For me, you're risking players' fitness, you're risking players' injury, 
you might as well make it a low league competition and have it at Wembley, a little bit like um, the LDV or whatever it's called now from League, mm. League One and Two. And I just think it just makes a mockery for me, sir. You know that that if they want a cup competition and somebody's putting the name to it, then it's got to be taken seriously by everybody. And it's not because of how early it is. That's the problem. Um, and B, there's no fans in. There's no generation. There's no um, of money or etc. So players aren't risked um, to go forward. Good effort, mate. Considering I threw that at you completely on the fly, uh, that was an impressive answer, mate. It just shows the level of professionalism you've got. Thanks. I know my view on that competition, pile of rubbish. Skip the best it. thing they could do is just add Skip the it. Scottish and the Welsh and the Irish teams, I make agree. it a, tw- a, a, a year-long tournament mm. which just goes on when there's no other football on. Mm. And just make it, in, and the winner gets a Champions League place because mm. otherwise it's pointless. Um, yeah. All right, next piece of any other business... Sunil Warnock has got COVID nineteen. Yeah, very shocked when I um, uh, when I read this uh, and then heard it on the radio that obviously and the, and the worrying thing for me is how old Neil is and 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 hopefully that that he's okay. Um, obviously, a player's contracted it as well. Um, so now obviously there's a bigger picture now involved at the club. Have they announced which, uh, it was a first team player or it was a first team player? First team player. First team player. But they haven't named they haven't, they, haven't, they haven't named him, and this is the this is a knock-on effect, you know. So tomorrow we've we've you, you're going in a, into a game against a, a side who's been relegated to the Premier League without your manager and without a first-team player. So it's uh, it becomes more difficult. And you know, I was talking to a good friend of mine who's uh, who played whose team played in the um, Europa League um, last night. Actually, um, they got beat in a 96-minute uh, Welsh team, Connors Key. Yeah. Um, and um, and they had seven players missing because of COVID and. It's not fair. I don't. I don't say it doesn't sit right with me as well, again because teams are getting punished before they're even starting to play. So we talked know, last it, season, mate, with the um, the FA Cup and the the VAR and stuff. What's the point? You can't. I don't see the point in having any of these competitions if you're not going to make them fair for everyone. And it's just another example of it being unfair. Yeah. It's not a level playing field. It's it's not a level playing field as it is because of the financial differences with certain clubs, you know, to other clubs. Yeah. Without adding in things like having half a squad missing, um, and I think the authorities generally have shown that they've set a precedent now with um, the international team the other week where they had half their squad missing and they forced them to play. Um, it looks like when teams do have an outbreak and they have a large number of players missing, the authorities are gonna make them play anyway, whether it's you've got to play a youth team or whatever. Yeah. And again, that 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 creates huge issues for me. Ah, oh, so we're not on about we're not on about teams here who, who, who are carrying twenty five men squads. You know what I mean? They're carrying small squads of sixteen yeah. to eighteen, and some of them have got young kids in them as well. By the way, so it's yes, it's great experience to play in these kind of competitions, but it's got to be fair. You know that there's some world class teams in that competition, by the way. So you've got oh, your yeah. Spurs, your AC Milan's, um, your Rangers. You know, we just to name three off the top of my head. What who, who I seen yesterday? So, you know what I mean for a, for for little sides who. Who, who who really need the money and really need the opportunity to to progress? They haven't got any fans in, so there's a there's a revenue stream gone straight away. It's such a shame, and you know what I mean. The, the disappointment in his face talking about it was, um, yeah, it was it was upsetting. Really, it wasn't it wasn't really fair. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating, mate. I really find it frustrating. Um, I feel that all tournaments should have a level level playing field, and um, it is you know COVID nineteen is causing problems let's let's be honest we said this all along though we said at the start before they even restarted that it was going to cause a massive amount of issues overall um and i gotta say i think the first time 
say, in the Premier League, because unfortunately the FA values the Premier League over everything. Um, when the big big team goes down with five, six, seven players uh, with an outbreak and they call off the game, that's when I think all hell's going to break loose mm. because these smaller clubs who've been told to basically suck it up and get on with it mm. are going to be like, hang on a minute. Well, that's the thing, sad for me, that that, what's the magic number? Have have, have clubs been given the magic number? Is it three, four, five, six, seven? How many players have to contract COVID-19 to to call a game off? And I I don't want games to be called off because I don't want people's health to be risked. You know what I mean? We spoke about this months and months ago at the start of lockdown. We didn't haven't looked at it really previously about about a second spike. And you know what I mean? If this second spike is anything like the first time around, we're, we're in for an absolute nightmare. For sport and but like the other thing is for me, like very quickly, like for me, if um, like one or two first team players or members of staff who are in training daily come down with it and they get a positive test, but I know they isolate once they have, they have to go and have the test. But if they get a positive test, I don't see how the whole squad is not straight away put into isolation because yeah. they're all training together so it's i i don't get sorry I, i'm more, i'm more confused the, the the further months down the line we are now you know what i mean i don't get i don't get the, the this close contact you know what i mean this 15 minute thing you know what i mean so if i'm if i'm in close contact with someone for 40 minutes that's okay it's not okay you know what i mean you could be close contact with someone for 30 seconds it doesn't matter you know what i mean it's 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 a it's a it's a deadly dangerous thing with what's happening to everybody in the world and for me just hopefully it doesn't affect football because we want to continue the show um and not have to not have to um put it on pause like we did last time yeah absolutely mate um and the last bit of any other business um which uh this is so far my signing of the championship transfer window james garner of manchester united has gone on loan to watford uh he is an exceptional young player and if he can live up to his potential, that is a intelligent bit of business by Watford. Yeah. Just what I, he's the sort of player who could drop down into the championship and be something really special. Like, yeah, I totally agree. I think uh, Watford have, um, have have recruited really well. Um, I'm surprised they're recruiting, by the way, because they've got the biggest yeah. squad in cha- the championship history. Yeah. Um, That's however, why financial fair play means nothing, I'm, mate. I'm guessing. I am guessing that that that. 10, 12, maybe more, 15 players might be ex- exiting them in the in the foreseeable before the window uh, so and going back to the Premier League. Executed They might be executed. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but they, they, they can't carry say, a squad of 40 players through a season because it's just, it's just not a business so they decision. They can't just release them, mate. And this is the no. problem some teams are having, isn't it? Um, far and wide, Championship, Premier League, everywhere. Is these teams which have got players on big money. They're struggling to offload them to bring players in yeah, yeah. because no one wants to pay those wages post-COVID. Mm. Um, but yeah, he is. Um, I've seen a lot of him actually, uh, as you know, as much as you could to yeah. someone who has not played a lot of Premier uh, First Team football. And I, I was very disappointed actually that Cardiff weren't linked with him. I thought he'd be exceptional. Yeah. Um, but there's been a couple of players which I think Cardiff should have been linked with and weren't. But we'll get there, mate. We'll get there. Um, Okay, just before we move on to the the uh, the very uh, quick reviews of each game, Coventry City versus QPR tonight. This is the quarter to eight kickoff, so we'll do that now because it's half seven. What's your prediction? Uh, well, I'm going to go home win. I think um, uh, Coventry played. Uh, did they play Rotherham first game of the season last weekend? 
no, they didn't. That was uh, that wasn't that wasn't last weekend, was it? Because it was uh, uh, Coventry uh, played. Coventry uh, played. Top of my head. You've caught me there. Uh, they played Coventry Bristol City. They played away. Bristol City and they got beat 2-1. I'm going Coventry a home win. I know QPR beat. Um, QPR beat Nottingham Forest, but I'm going to go home win. And I'm going to go with a draw for that one. Uh, so side draw, AC for the Coventry win. Okay, save it this time, mate. Save it. Um, so yeah, what we'd like to do, obviously, we we try and keep this show short and short and fast, but um, equally we want to give the analysis as it should be. So uh, the weekend, the season indeed, kicked off on uh, September the 11th with Watford versus Middlesbrough. Craig Cathcard with the winner, 1-0 to Watford. Um, a big win for Watford. It was important they get off to a good start, mate. And uh, unfortunate for Borough, Mr Warnock couldn't work his magic just yet. Yeah, uh, I think, but I think it was it was probably more important for Watford that, that obviously the disappointment of getting getting relegated so late in the season. Um, they got off to a good start with a with a goal from a corner. Um, thoroughly, thoroughly deserved the, the lead at half time. Uh, Middlesbrough missed a half chance, I think, in the second half of Hall, uh, which I watched and I wasn't really that impressed um, with Middlesbrough. I thought the Huffington Puffs. I thought they tried really hard. They had a little bit more quality than in previous the previous season um, throughout, but. I, I still worry the the lack of creativity that they have and and going forward. You know, what I mean, they didn't um, they didn't they didn't look um, all over the place at the back. I thought they were they looked pretty strong at times, but I think Watford probably just edged a, a really really poor start of the season. Yeah, um, I got to say, mate, I wasn't overly impressed with uh, with Middlesbrough's start. I wasn't massively impressed with Watford. I did only catch the kind of latter part of the game. Um, not bad, I would say, but not great for either. It was a typical early season game where yeah. people are a bit rusty. And I, in many ways, I thought this year we might not get that kind of rustiness because it's been such a short break. But mm. it was definitely there. Yeah, well, teams. I thought, I thought as well. I thought, I thought it was a perfect game for Middlesbrough playing against a side with a hangover from the Premier League. But Middlesbrough looked like the side who just got relegated. They looked, uh, they looked like they were hung over a little bit. They looked like they, they, they were on edge and they were under pressure. It, it, it just, it felt as though that it. That, that they're in the they're in the bottom four again, and they looked as though they were struggling to get out of it. And that's what it seemed like to me. It just seems as though that the season just rolled over from the following season. Yeah, I, I got to say, I didn't think Middlesbrough finished the season particularly great either, though, did they? No, so no. Um, they they got a bit lucky in the end. It's going to be um, a struggle, side. Listen, the the, the the club's in a transition, and it's been that transition for a couple of seasons. And I'm, uh, you know, what I mean, I don't obviously don't want to harp on about it and carry on because it, every single season I'm saying the same thing about this transition, but. Hopefully one day um, things can be a little bit more positive. But I, I look at the league and I look at the sides in it, and uh, they're in a different league. Middlesbrough to some of the teams who are, who've come down, who've gone up, who are still there. So the money which some teams are spending, Middlesbrough can't compete. Hopefully one week, uh, one year they will finally transist. I suppose is the hopefully. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's what it is. I think uh, if anyone will get them doing it, it's Neil Warnock. Yeah, hopefully. full faith in. Sunil. Uh okay. But they, so to, then, but, they to, but they have to do it without him on Saturday and for probably the week after. Yeah, is that why he was in the stand? Because he was feeling a bit rough during. Well, I wouldn't have liked to be sat next to him then. Well, I tell you what, if <laughs> I'm not, and I'm not saying that is the case. I'm wildly speculating there. Like obviously, I'm not saying that's the reason why. But because you'd like to think if he was feeling rough, he wouldn't have been there at all mm. in the current climate. Uh, next up, 
was Birmingham City versus Brentford with Birmingham after hot on the trail of some big business beat Brentford 1-0. Yeah, with, um, uh, a great goal actually. Yeah, it was a great goal um from Bella. Um probably result of the day, you know what I mean? I think you've got to be honest with uh, with obviously the the way that the, the teams finished the season, the the season they had, but then you've got to um you've got to look at obviously players who've left or leaving or weren't playing for uh for Brentford. Um, which is is obviously a difficult side to um, to play a season um, and um, start the season. Sorry, without obviously your Ollie Watkins, um, uh, without your Ben Rama who didn't start. He wasn't even on the bench. So does that mean does that mean he's leaving? Does that mean he's on his way? Does it mean he wasn't fit? You know, at the first game of the season, you need your best players out. But you know, I mean, Aitor Karanka, first game for Birmingham City as manager. He's brought in a lot of players. He spent the Jude Bellingham money really wisely. Um, so um, and obviously they signed um, Hogan as well full time. So um, obviously Neil Etheridge, he was on the bench. Um, Jukovic led the line. Adam Clayton signed for Middlesbrough. George Fenn signed for Middlesbrough. Um, Sanchez, who impressed me by the way, Spanish Spanish winger. So um, Birmingham could be a could be a shock side this season. Yeah, I think so. I think their business has been as good as anyone's. Um, and I one of the things which I think. That they've done alongside that business is they've brought in an experienced manager who has proven he knows the league level. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, next up is Wickham versus Rotherham, newly promoted uh, Wickham versus newly promoted Rotherham. We both went for Wickham Wanderers in our predictions, which we'll yeah. go through in a minute, but uh, Rotherham picked up the win. Yeah, the, the longer this game went, yeah, the longer this game went. I just thought both teams would be would have been happy with the draw. I thought, um, I thought probably if anyone was going to score, it was going to be Wickham. Um, I thought they um, they did okay if, in small patches, but there was nothing in the game. And you know yourself, sir, you switch off um, in injury time. Yeah, and when that goal goes in, there's too much too much riding on uh, for for other to lose after that. So yeah, ninety first minute winner. Um, so disappointing start for Wickham. They've got him, got him, got to get themselves going straight away um, for the next uh, next fixture at the weekend uh, yeah. against uh, against Blackburn Rovers, which is going to be another hard game. But they've just got to get back on and and and, and enjoy the journey. It was a it was a tough one to take against a newly promoted side, but you just got to get on and see how how your journey can go. Yeah, a couple of players which impressed me just very quickly. I thought Joe Jacobson had a very good game. Yeah. Uh, Hogan. Uh, for Wickham also, I thought it was pretty impressive. Uh, Smith, off the bench for Rotherham, I thought did very well. I thought, actually, he improved them vastly. I thought all uh, stopping goal had a good game as well. You know, they yes. just signed Stockdale, so I, I, I thought Stockdale would End have played, pressure. to be honest. Yeah, I thought Stockdale would have played. Um, so, the goalkeeper's made made a couple of decent saves and um, and he's probably put his put his name on the team sheet for the Blackburn Rovers game on the weekend now. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he holds his place after that because... Yeah. Like they brought Stockdale into play, yeah. but um, I was looking at there's some fantastic goalkeepers in the championship this year, yeah, yeah, really, really good. top quality keepers, better than they've been in a while. But, yeah. um, oh, what do you think of Wickham though, mate? Do you think there was enough positives there to um, take oh, some in out of it? I think so. They've just got to enjoy this journey, enjoy this ride because where they are now, no one will have ever thought that they'd be in it with, it. with some of the clubs in League One and they're batting above the waist. Uh, Pushing yes. above the weight, sorry, and 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 I hope they can they can continue have have, have a good good reign of form and, and see where they can go. They've got a good manager, 
and they've got some good players who uh, some stalwarts in football by the way been there years so um, if they can get the, the team spirit going if they can get some kind of atmosphere back at Adams Park because that ground when it's full it's quite a, quite an intimidating place, place to go and play football so you know what I mean they probably need fans in that ground more than anybody yeah 100% mate um, James Collins mate yeah, well, we we spoke Again, a bit. We spoke we about James last, last last season, and we spoke about him by, by the way on the show. So for him to score, I wasn't surprised. I mean, we we, we did say uh, the James the 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 prediction was the James Collins factor, and for me, the biggest surprise is he's still there. The biggest the biggest shock will be if he's still there in three weeks' time because he would he could walk into any other Championship side. Um, but Luton Town are doing very well to keep hold of him, and and it's the way he leads the line side. He takes the pressure for the people. He's he's horrible to play against. He puts himself around, and and you know what? I, I, I'd fear for Luton if they if they ever did lose him. So they'd, they'd have to it'd have to be some kind of big offer for him to to leave that football club. But yeah, match winner scored the winning goal again. Luton for me with the better side. Barnsley have lost a lot of attacking players. They've lost a lot of threats, and um, and that was the I problem. Saw, mate. Yeah, from what it's, I saw the uh... weekend, I'm gonna have fear for them. I'll be honest, early doors. Like Bar- we said this last year that made um, Barnsley and they they shocked us. Barnsley scored goals last year, yeah, but they couldn't keep a clean sheet for Toffee. Yeah. Um, now my one, I think they had a lot of lone players if I remember correctly, but yeah. they're so dependent on uh, Corey Woodrow, so yeah, dependent, are, yeah. and he's not um, he's not necessarily one of those like most prolific strikers. Like he will get them. You know, ten, fifteen goals over the season, maybe. Yeah. But they're so dependent on him. If he doesn't score, they do struggle. Yeah. Uh, Luar, uh, Luar, Luar, for Luton. Um, always been a big fan of both the uh, the three of them. In there, is it three brothers? Luar, Luar, Luar brothers or two? I know there's. I know there's definitely two. I don't know if there's. I don't know about the um, third one. But uh, always yeah. been a fan of the family. Yeah. Though, like I think they're really oh, yeah, very, very talented. So quick. Very talented boys. Very talented boys. And I thought he made a big difference. Yeah, he, he did on. when he came uh, on. Yeah, he does. And, and and to be fair, for me, he he makes a difference with his pace. And and it was no surprise that when he start when he came on, they looked looked more of a threat going forward, especially in wide positions. And um and then Collins comes alive, basically. Hundred percent, mate. Um, next up, we had AFC Bournemouth three, Blackburn Rovers two. Woof. Great result. Great result for uh, for Bournemouth. Uh, I thought they were sloppy as well, um, especially the first goal, Bradley Johnson's goal, which uh, was with equaliser, uh, a mistake, and uh, obviously a long range effort. Um, great for Bradley Johnson, but I think uh, Bournemouth can't afford to ship goals in. You know, what I mean, there's a lot of goals going to be scored this season uh, in the Championship, and um, and they'll do the fair share, by the way, of scoring and letting goals in. They've got some very very good players. Bournemouth have kept. Uh, um, They've kept probably the chunk of the squad, especially defensively. Um, going forward, you know what I mean? Solanke, I thought, um, thought did okay. Uh, he didn't score, but he led the line really well. Um, Stanislas, excellent. Lima, who scored a goal from midfield, uh, very good. I was unlucky for Blackburn that they lost the, lost the game in, with about five minutes to go. Um, Adam Armstrong, I think he's going to score a bucket load of goals this season. Um, as they finished the season really well last year. Uh, and to score again was was brilliant and a uh, bit of a shout out to Lewis Holby as well because to start in midfield to dominate games keep possession just just you know what I mean as long as he can stay fit Blackburn will have a good season obviously Stewie, Stewie Downing one of our guests on our Monday show uh, wasn't involved so you know they've got players to come back in uh, Bradley Dack you know what I mean so that Blackburn have still got a lot of pieces There's missing from their there, jigsaw there. yeah yeah um, I, Adam uh, Smith for Bournemouth again was excellent but uh, yeah 
Gron Groneveld who scored the winner it was a superb all game. Um, I think I might have said this before. Do Dominic Solanke, I'm not having him at all, mate. Um, yeah. I, th I thought it was a strange one in the Premier League to sign from Liverpool and sign for big money as well. And I I've never really seen him do it on a regular a regular recurrence. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting because he's now he's going to play. He's going to play 40, 40 plus Championship games and he's under pressure to score because of his reputation and and how good he's supposed to be. Yes. Yes, and um, when you come from Liverpool, you have to put up with the the expectation of predictions, uh, expectation of you know form and and stuff. Um, so you, you can only link him with other players, Harry Wilson, yes. uh, Brewster. You know, I mean these these players who've come to the Championship and ripped it up and done done a good job. So he should be doing the same. Yeah, spot on, mate. Spot on, indeed. Um, I just I don't I I don't I don't see what others do. I must, I guess, but you know, everyone's got their opinion. Um, next up, Bristol City two, Coventry City one, and I believe uh, young young James Patterson, uh, Jamie Patterson, sorry, scored uh, the quickest goal of the day after. Just yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and obviously it was a, it was a great start. Twenty but seconds. Obviously, um, Dean Holden, the new manager, got the job in the summer, um, and it, it just settled him down really. And um, I looked at uh, obviously Callas has got himself fit. Um, obviously, Jamie Patterson scored from midfield from a, from a, a, a nice breakaway. Um, Naki Wells, uh, Wyman, they've got a good squad, by the way. You know, what I mean, let's let's make no bones Massive about that. Massive squad as well. Yeah, obviously, Thomas Callas has got himself fit. He's captain. He, he, he nicked in with a goal as well, which has obviously turned out to be the winning goal. I think it was unlucky on uh, on Coventry because I thought they they the, the, the did okay at times, but I think it's a, it's going to be a cutthroat um, league this season where if you if you're not careful. Um, and you don't defend properly from set pieces, um, especially towards the end of games that uh, that people can pop up like Carlos because people have those those buzz buzz players who can uh, who are set piece specialists and and they come back to haunt you. Spot on, mate. Um, I'm going to expand on this a little bit later on, uh, but I thought Jamie Patterson set the tone for the for the whole team, uh, not just with his goal after 20 seconds, but his work rate and his his off the ball movement. Um, and I thought actually Naki Wells. Uh, who isn't renowned necessarily for his off the ball work? Um, I don't know whether it was because of Jamie Patterson, but it was almost as if he saw the work that Jamie Patterson was doing, and he did it as well, uh, yeah. and it rubbed off on him. And I thought Naki Wells is as hard as I've seen him work. Obviously, yeah. you know, new club, etc., looking to make an impression. But um, I, yeah, Bristol impressed me, mate. I got to be honest. Yeah. Um, Coventry is going to be a long old season for them. Um, I just I would like to see Coventry City stay up, but yeah. I think it's going to be incredibly difficult for them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, okay, here we go. Cardiff City nil, Sheffield Wednesday two. You go first. Um, uh, just, just absolutely awful, absolutely just diabolical. Got off to a really, really bad start, obviously with, um, with a mistake. Which overplaying, um, Josh Windows obviously went through and scored scored the scored the first goal and um, and then you can't um, you can't leave people on free in the box like Jordan Rhodes like they give him yeah I, I, I looked at the team team formation I looked at um, team selection and for me I think he got it all wrong you know what I mean I'm not I'm not in in this game to um, to slag off experienced managers who I believe, uh, uh, and he did a great job last year, by the way. And I, I get all my words I said badly. You know yeah, what I mean? So, I mean? You know what I mean? So I think I've got every right to uh, to give an honest opinion. And, and what I saw on Saturday was was atrocious, um, a really really bad start, uh, lacked ideas. Um, um, 
I felt sorry for the younger for the younger players who came into the side because they've been thrown in. You know what I mean? They've been for me they're thrown in the deep end first game of the season. They haven't been there long. They haven't trained. They haven't played any preseason games, any preseason friendlies, um, and it's going to be a, a real, real learning curve for those kind of boys. And it'll be interesting if they're given another opportunity because. For me, the only way to learn is by playing. So hopefully Neil does stick by those young players and give them more of an opportunity. I said um, in the preview show that I would have I would have really liked to see the two centre forwards play up front together. And yes, I'll back that up did. because I'll back that up again because they just lacked ideas. They lacked that. Um, for me, it's you know I mean they did they did get that opportunity with an with an hour gone, but it's too late. You turn all down. You can't you can't be chasing against a good side like uh, Sheffield Wednesday and and expect to be given it um, to be given an opportunity to get back in the game. But on mate, um, look, Cardiff City um, have got this, and Warnock had it to a lesser extent, but they seem to have it in their head that Sean Morrison and some of the other players are some sort of ball playing central defenders who can play the ball up from the back and like they're Barcelona or something. They are not. That's not to say that they are not good footballers. That's not to say that they are not very good championship players on their day. They can be and they are, but they're just making mistakes in the wrong areas because they're not doing the basics well. Jo- uh, Jordan Rhodes is one of the most prolific championship scorers of all time, yet he's free to just do what he wants in the Cardiff City yeah. box. Wasn't the only time, by the way, of the no, uh, no, no. afternoon where he had space. Um, and like you said, me and you both hate our words about Neil Harris. I'm still, by the way, not completely turned around on him. I'm not 100% sure he's the right man for Cardiff, but I back him 100%. However, he is stubbornly, stubborn, stubbornly making the same errors, in my opinion, with team selection and shape week in, week out. And that's a problem for me because he's not seeing the mistakes he's making and, and then amending it or, or making the change the following week. That's an issue for me. Um, Bakuna has been absolute... He's, he's in a bad run of form and has been for six months at least. Um, so I'm just just gonna just gonna jump on one of your points that what you said about formation wise, and I, I don't just blame Neil Harris. You know what I mean? I, I look at other managers and other teams who, who are struggling, and and everyone. And we said this on the other shows um, that people jump on this four two three one or <laughs> four five one, and have this lone striker. Listen, yeah. if I, I'm not, and listen, I'm not having to go keep a move by the way. Only Keefer works if you've got the players, mate. Keep a move is a, is a very good footballer. If you had Thierry Henry up front who's got a bit of presence, he's got pace, he's got a good touch. That's the ideal centre-forward, he's got a bit of everything, so he can mix his game up. Cardiff don't have that luxury. Every team in the Championship doesn't have that luxury, unfortunately. So the, you're playing to your strengths of what you've got. And for me, you've got Kiefer Moore, you've got Gratzel, or you've got Lee Tomlin. You know what I mean? So you can play Lee Tomlin up front as a, as a, as a two, so you get someone in and around him. For me, the distances between the centre-forwards and your centre and, and your midfielders is far nice. too big to make yeah. a difference. Your wide men are too, too far out wide. And for me, the whole thing just doesn't. Sometimes just doesn't work together. And you know, what I mean, Cardiff had an opportunity to um, have a good start. You know, what I mean, you look at last year. Last year wasn't a good start to the season, by the way. You know, what I mean, and, and it accumulated in Neil Warnock losing his job. We can't afford yeah. to have a slow start again, and then be playing catch up and hope to get in the playoffs last game of the season because that's that's basically how it happened. And, and it, Cardiff City, you've got have got two good players in the squad and they're too good a football club to be scrapping around fighting for a playoff place on the last game of the season. Spot on, mate. Um, 
Kelly makes a good point there. She said, if you're buying a tall centre forward, you need to have people who could actually cross the ball to get it to his head. But my point is, going just on what you said there about the formation, this um, where you play 4-2-3-1, I don't have a, pr a problem with the formation if you're going to play the player or if you sign the players or have the players to play that formation. For me, as a coach or a manager, you, you don't make your formation and then make the players play in the formation. You... Look at the players you've got available and then you form the best formation and tactics using the players you have. Now, yeah. if you're going to play that formation of 4-2-3-1, that's fine. And you want to play Kiefer Moore as the one, that's also fine. But you have to have a decent number 10, which is at the moment is Lee Tomlin, again on the bench. I understand he might not be fully fit. And then you've got to have two wingers who can beat a man and cross the ball or cut inside and shoot. But and if you, if they're going to cut inside all the time, you've got to have two fullbacks bombing forward to give you width. Because otherwise, the formation is null and void before you start. Mm. I just, Jared I just, Murphy, I just mate, look, finished I just the season the best forward. winger. Yeah, he's on the bench. He's again. on the bench. I, I look at I look at players like Gratzel um, or players like Kiefer Moore. I would have loved to play with them because I can work on yes. their flicks. If he flicks the ball and who's going to get it, nobody. There's there's no. your first point. You're on about the on about um, Lee Tomlin not being fully fit. So if Lee Tomlin's not fully fit, for me he shouldn't be on the bench. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if he's not 100% fit, then the club's risking his fitness and his health for the next three or four or six weeks by putting him on. Because what he came on, um, he came on with an hour, uh, half an uh, half an hour to go. You know what I mean? That, that, that's probably too long in terms of if he's struggling. So for me, it was a it was disappointing. Um, disappointing all day. Around, disappointing all day around. You know, for me that I think is it'd be interesting to see tomorrow. Um, team selection. Will he change it? Will he stick to the same? Will he will he give Josh Murphy that place back? Will Gladstone play? Will Tomlin play? Will Saul Bamba be brought back in? It'll be interesting yeah. all the way around. Will be going well, to keep his place? If Lee Tomlin is not fit, it, and Kerry's just said it in the chat, but I was just about to say it, um, Junior Hoylet, right, is had a fantastic career, but he's coming to the end of his career. That's just a fact. His age catches up. As you know, for age catches up with all athletes. Junior Hoylet cannot be our winger if we've got a target man up front and no creativity in the middle because he can't beat a man because he hasn't got the pace anymore, mm -hmm. which means he's dependent on... He, he slows the play down, he stops it and then just knocks it inside because the full-backs are not overlapping him. Well, you know, Hopefully, uh, Tutu or, or Bennett, will, you know, they'll do that as the season progresses. So I would have... If Tomlin's not fit, you move Hoyler into number 10 or you have Callum Patterson who has never let the side down. Yes, sometimes he lacks quality uh, in his finishing or, or whatnot, but at least you know he's going to give 120% every single week and yeah. he will lead from the front and he will press. We don't press. We don't press. We don't hang back. We're just kind of there doing nothing. Yeah. Um, they haven't... I said this, mate, in the preview show. I said it in the football show on a Monday. I've said it at the end of last season. We haven't signed the players that we needed. So I do not see us going anywhere at the moment. The window's open till October. We need to sign the players and address the issues in the squad. Yeah. If they don't address those issues, Cardiff City will not make the playoffs. And I'd be very surprised if they make the top 10 with the current layout as it is. Interesting. But Si, if they don't make the playoffs for me, then the manager's underachieved. Go, go and yes, it's not, it's not, it won't be looking good for the football club. Players this is why... Staff. Sorry, I know we've got to move on, but this is why I said Kiefer Moore was a bad a bad signing. Not because Kiefer Moore is bad, 
Um, I love seeing Welsh players come to Cardiff, especially when they're good. Kiefer Moore's good footballer, and I think he can be good for Cardiff. But we had Glatzel. I don't think there's much in it between the two of them. Maybe no. Kiefer Moore's a little bit better at certain things, but, but I think my... Glatzel's a better finisher. This is my point, side that you know what I mean? If you, if, they if didn't this, need if, another target, if you, man. If you're replacing like for like, if you're only going to play that formation, you're going to be stubborn and you're going to stick to it, then you're going to have to get rid of a player. Yeah. Gretzel's going to have to go and how much is his valuation are they, are they looking for a, a certain amount of money mm. is he going to leave is he on too much money is he going to get the same kind of deal somewhere else and if you're going to just replace them each game or rotate who starts and you're only going to play those two of your strikers you've got to get some wingers who can put the ball in the yeah. box and a number 10 yeah. who can play 20-30 games a season mm. because Lee, Lee Tomlin can't so you either got to get someone from the academy who can step in or you've got to fight. You've got to sign a player, whether it's on loan. And, on, um, on, another, on another point, on, on another point players. as well. I don't think um, I don't think it helped with with what happened to Mendes Lang. Obviously, Costin. That would have you know, upset think, the squad. Uh, you know, what I mean, as a as a player, they were going in. They were going into a game very uh, disillusioned and underconfident, and and obviously lost one of their own. So I think um, it won't have had a had a had a positive impact. But uh, you can't use that as an excuse, also. So I, I don't think we can. Uh, no, can, but that's why it was such that. a weird weird situation and as we said well last week we're not going to speculate until there's anything concrete because it's not fair to the the people involved the club whoever is is what it is but that would have disrupted the team you know there's he's friends with at least some of those players that the team as a whole has got a, a team spirit and whatnot built around it and to have a player sacked days before the season starts with no explanation and I think that is part of the problem mm. is that Cardiff refused to say anything further on it they haven't said a reason for it so no one knows what's going on nothing's leaked in the press afterwards which makes me think the players don't know either because Mm. someone would have talked to the journalists to say you know he was sacked because Mm. of this so yeah yeah um okay let's have a look next up derby county nil reading two Derby county of old uh derby county of, of the of the derby county who started the season not what finished the season um, some strange decisions, which I'm going to talk about um, um, later on, um, from Philip Koku. And to be fair, if he's if he's wanting to put himself under pressure, he's done a very good job at the start of the season, by the way, because it was a, this was a disastrous start. They've obviously lost players. Um, they haven't really brought in the kind of players that um, that he wanted to 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 push them onto the next level. Because the way they finished the season, Si, I fully expected them to kick on straight away. And they've obviously lost a couple of players to Sheffield United. Uh, for big money, lost which a couple is of loan players. Didn't they, fantastic, well. they lost the loan players back, but you've got to reinvest that money, you know. And if if there's no money there, um, for whatever reason, then it's going to be a massive struggle this season for for, for teams like Derby. Yeah, look, if I remember correctly, Reading made a very good start last year with Pushkas and yeah. uh, a couple of the other lads doing very very well. Um, the lad Ijaria, I thought was superb. Derby looked sluggish and. We said last year, maybe we, we peaked a bit early when we said Rooney was going to take over. Maybe we should saddle our ship to that uh, that thing this year because Koku's put himself under a lot of pressure straight away. Mm, his comments are fascinating to me, mate, all the time. He mm. um, He's quite critical of the players as if they're not doing what he's asking them to do, which is a dangerous... Uh, route to take when you do but, the... But we said this last year though, Sai, because I, yes. I believe he was asking players to play yes. his way. His well, Keogh, wasn't it? He was asking you know him I mean? to be and, like a and Ronald let's be Koeman. Honest, 
Keogh's had a Keogh's, Keogh had an unbelievable football career, doing what he was good at, and that's defending, going Blocking, up for set pieces, and, headers, and, yeah. and and winning headers, winning tackles. You know what I mean? Like 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 a John Terry of the Championship. You know what I mean? Yes. And, he, and he made a living out of it. Um, you're now asking him to play out from the back, which he he really struggled to do, and he got shown up quite a lot of times, and it cost them a lot of goals and put them in the position they were in. Um, and for me, again, if you're going to come out and be critical of your players, how can how can as a player, how can you run through a brick wall for your manager if he's coming out after a game and being critical on you? I just don't get how he's how he's trying to be positive. How he's going to swing round and players are going to players are going to back him? Oh yes, but it's uh, it's puzzling. Um, he's got to be careful, I think, because the fact is, like I know we say, I said it a bit in jest, but Wayne Rooney is there waiting. Yeah. Yeah. He wants to move into manager management. Yeah. So Natural if, progression. Natural yeah, progression for him. If the second he came in, Koku was under pressure. Um, and I, I admire him in some ways for bringing Rooney in and not being afraid of that pressure, that inviting that speculation and whatnot. But he's got to be, he's got to get it right. And he did not get it right um, against Reading. So he's got to make it right straight away. Uh, next up, we had Huddersfield Town versus uh, the relegated Norwich City. Um, yeah, well, yeah. obviously Huddersfield, Huddersfield brought in a new manager. Um, they brought in a couple of couple of new players. Obviously, didn't uh, didn't work out. It couldn't have been a harder start for them. You know, I mean, I look at the recruitment that Norwich have made uh, with some certain players, and um, obviously they got Ben Gibson. They brought Jordan Hugel in, who both didn't play. Uh, they were both on the bench. They both didn't get on. So they've they've they've, they've recruited really well. Um, and the longer the game went on, I still felt there was, there was a goal in the game and. Um, obviously, Jordan Hugel stayed on the bench. The manager brought in on Young Ida, who scored. A, he scored a hat trick in his in his debut last year. I remember at, uh, at Preston North End, he scored a couple of individual goals um, towards the end of the season uh, in the Premier League. Um, so you know, I mean, for him to score the winning goal in uh, uh, late into the game um, for Norwich City was 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 fantastic, and um, it's a great start for them. And you know, I mean, for me, the squad they've got, they're going to take some stop in the season, Norwich City. Yes, hundred percent. Um, I think Norwich will be right up there, and uh, I'd be amazed if they don't go up automatic. I've got to be honest. Yeah. Um, some great players. I one player who did impress me. Uh, or whether impress me is the right word, I'm not hundred percent sure. But Huddersfield stood out for me certainly. Was uh, was Steerman? In yeah, the, uh, very good in player. Central yeah. defence. Yeah, and, and also. Um, Ex Wolves player. Yeah, and also Bakuna, I thought did quite well. Yeah, he's he's, um, he's, t- he's very talented. He's just he's just a bit in- inconsistent. But you know, with Norwich, like I look at their side, right? So I just brought up their side there now, and I look outside of Puki and Hernandez. There's no one in there where I think, wow, like they're like they really stand there. That's a Premier League player playing in the Championship. But that but makes I, that ma- that makes them dangerous for me, though. Yeah, that I, the one player I really like is uh, Quint- Quintilla. I think he could be my new. Um, Click, because I really, I really, I got a big fan of him. Big, big, big fan. Um, next up, mate, we have Millwall nil, Stoke City nil. Don't think it'll take us too long to cover this one. No surprise, it was nil nil. To be fair, I thought uh, Stoke were excellent. I thought they dominated the game. Just didn't get the goal. John, John Obi McKell made makes football look easy, which is obviously upsetting. No surprises um, at all. Yeah, Sam Sam Klukas, obviously Sam Sam Vokes, I thought struggled at times. He was replaced by Stephen Fletcher. Jacob Brown came on as well. You know what I mean? They've got so much firepower, so many options. Um, obviously, they beat, beat Wolves in the week as well. So you know what I mean? They're going to be they're going to have a good season. You know, what I mean? if they can get off to a good start, they'll take some stopping from the from the playoffs. And, and some of the big players who, who used to playing in big games, the James Chester's, 
Um, the John Obi McKells, the Nick Powells, the Sam Vokes, the Tom Inses, you know what I mean? The Sam Klukas, they will have a, a strong season if they continue in this bit. Stoke City have an unbelievable squad of better than they did last year. So, so talented, some incredible fo- footballers. So, why, when you look at the stats, were they playing so much direct football in this game? I don't understand it. Because of, person, think... because of personnel, because they've got Sam Klukas. Well, just because they've got Vokes up front. But Vokes yeah. is a good footballer. Yeah, running know, behind, yeah, and they Campbell. also had Campbell up front with him as well. Yeah, well, I think that's when you win flick on and you got some pace next to it. It is lazy, but but, but then I I see they play a lot more football when they got Tom Ince in the side because well, Tom Ince didn't even get on. He makes them he makes them tick. He that's plays in number ten. Yeah. He plays out wide. I totally agree. And Jacob, when 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 Brown came on, I thought he caused problems again. Yes, that the change the style of play. Yeah, so but I think it'll be a it'll, they'll take some stopping in in in, in big games. I, yeah, uh, very quickly, mate, because we're going to fly through these now. Um, I just wanted to read this comment because it's a superb comment. Garrett Cole there says, approximately 180 million over the past two seasons, excluding gate receipts and sponsorships, uh, have been brought in by Cardiff City this year. So why are they penny pinching? Um, well, I can answer it partially because Mehmet Dalman told myself and Andy directly on the show, on the Monday show, that they were in lockdown. Cardiff were losing three million pound a month. Um, however, he's spot on. That 180 million of parachute payments and blah blah blah, that doesn't include sponsorships and gate receipts. No, it doesn't. But you've got wages on top of it. You've got other expenses on top of it's it. A you've lot also of money, got. Mate. It is, but you've also got. You've also got a transfer fee from uh, from Salah to, to which is going to have to be paid sooner yes, rather than later. Um, you'd like to think got, they've put that aside, wouldn't you? Well, it'll, it'll have to come from that money because it's that pot of money. Um, and yeah. you've also got court, court, a potential court case and whatever happens out of that as well. So you, they've yeah. got to be careful by overspending until this is all put to bed. Um, and then, potentially, they might, they might go and spend some of it. There's, there's careful though, mate, isn't there? And then there's penny-pinching. And I think at the moment they're penny-pinching. Like, there's players available. They could have signed James Garner. They could have tried to get Nico Williams on loan. They could have tried to get um the other boy the other Welsh boys on loan as well. Um there's a Welsh Dylan Levitt and Man United is available on loan. There's 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 deals to be had which would suit what they need. They just don't they seem to be very sluggish in getting it. I don't I also don't think that's the club's decision. You know what I mean? The manager will tell the club who he wants and yes. you know what I mean if you've got if you've got two centre forwards by the way who who both cost a lot of money and they're both on good money how can you go back into a chairman and say, I want another centre forward when, he, when you've got two already on yeah. in the squad, which doesn't well, this work? This is why I said, didn't it? Kiefer Moore made no sense whatsoever mm. to sign. Um, next up was Preston North End versus Swansea City. Swansea, the mighty Swansea City. Swansea, Swansea, Swansea City's finished the season the way they started. Sorry, started the way they finished the season. Um, obviously, Gibbs White, who. He's on loan from Wolves. Yeah, he's, he's, he looks like a really good player. You know, I've heard good things about him from Wolves, and um, and he's obviously gone there to develop um, short term, uh, probably for the season. And um, scored a very good goal. You know what I mean? Preston last year they had a really good start to the season. Uh, it was very very surprised with uh, with their team selection. You know that they had um, Maguire who scored loads of goals. They had Paul Gallagher on the bench, um, Stockley as well. You know, listen, they've got a good squad uh, for the championship, but. If it's not rotated correctly and have the have the best side, best team out against the best players, then it's going to be a difficult season because on any given day anybody can beat anybody. But when you've got a a, a team coming in form like Swansea City, yes they got beat in the playoff semi final, but 
they weren't expecting to win for me. Um, and they went into, into the season now very confident. They brought in some some very good players. Yes, they brought they've, they've, they've lost Brewster, but they've got they've got um, they've got uh, Gibbs White to take over. And he you know, looks what like a, great, a make for make replacement. He looks like it he's going to yeah. be there this year's Ryan Brewster. It does, um, and keeping Ayu as well was a was a big one because you yes. know what I mean they could have lost him. So it's it's like a brand new sign in itself. Yeah, and I think with Gibbs White, what he does is. Rian Brewster was one of, so I think, one of the best players in the championship last year, um, and I think it replaces him like for like. Um, and then lastly, we had uh, QPR beating Nottingham Forest in Middleton. Would you say the shock of the weekend? Yeah, probably, yeah probably the result of the weekend. Um, QPR me, lost two massive players yeah. who scored all their goals last year. Yeah. And, and I'm going to harp on again about formation because you, you bring in uh, a player... Uh, of Lyle Taylor's quality and you leave him on the bench and don't play him up front with Lewis Grabbing for me you're going to struggle how can you score goals and play well if you sat on the bench you know what I mean I know he's, he's brand new and um, and things but you're coming up the games chasing games um, Lolly I thought struggled he came off obviously the, for me the miss Matty Cashew obviously signed for Aston Villa um, individual players can make a massive difference and I do believe Forrest will be up there because they've got some very good players and, and, and once they get the right the, the gel together and the, and the manager picks the players in the right holes and the right formation then they'll start scoring goals because Lewis Grabbing is for me probably the best centre forward in the league uh, yeah. on his day and uh, and putting him up with Lyle Taylor can only be a good thing Sammy Obi for me Sammy Ami Obi for me is one of the best wingers in the league he was sub so you know what I mean there's um there's more to come from Nottingham Forest. Dis- disappointing start, but I think the result as well we can look at that it didn't reflect the game. They were one 0 down. They were chasing the game and they let their second goal in by by overcompensating going forward, trying to get the equaliser. So for me, they probably would have lost one 0 but the second goal flattered QPR. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's Forest have got a bit of a hangover, I think, from missing out on that last day. Uh, you'd like to think that they're. I think they're mentally shot. Is yeah. probably the best way to put it. However, I do believe that when push comes to shove, you know they'll get it together as the season goes. Yeah. Um, okay, who's you got for your two up, two down for the first week of the championship season 2020-21? Uh, my first up, I've gone for Aitor Karanka um, from Birmingham City. I thought his his tactics against um, for me what the best team in the league. You know, I mean potentially uh, it was absolutely brilliant. He is. The way he set his side up was was great. Um, you know what I mean. But Brentford, obviously, yeah, disappointed, lost, lose, lost probably a little bit of confidence. But to keep a clean sheet, what I talk about, Cranker does really well in this championship is is he keeps a lot of clean sheets. As I said, when when he was managing at Middlesbrough, they got promoted. Jimmy Constantopoulos kept a record number of clean sheets in the league, which got them promoted. So for me, you know, what I mean, is he is he going to do it again and use use his power? But he's got off to a great start. Yeah, he couldn't have asked for a better start. My first up is, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, so I'm going to just read it. Uh, Arnott Danjuma of Bournemouth um, scored a late winner. Was excellent all game, led from the front. Superb. Great start to the season for him. Who you yeah. got for your second one, mate? Uh, my second one was uh, was when I, watched, when I was watching the Middlesbrough game. I'll say I got, I got, I got the, to the Middlesbrough game a little bit late, um, obviously after last week's show. Um, and when I sat down, uh, there was an 18-year-old player for Watford called Pedro, Brazilian player. Uh, I thought he was absolutely out of this world. Um, gliding past players. And um, if this is one of the next big things to come out of Brazil, then, you know what I mean, just keep him coming because he was exciting. He got me on the edge of my seat. And if it wasn't against Middlesbrough, I'd have probably been even more excited. But every time he got the ball, I wanted to see what he could do. And the only thing he had missing from his game was his, was his final product, his shot and his cross. Um, but, you know what I mean, I, I raved last year about Pereira. Uh, for West Brom and for me 
if he's anything like like he showed on the first game of the season, he's going to be a, a firm favourite of mine going forward on the show. Absolutely. Uh, so my second up was Jamie Paxton uh, for Bristol Great City. Show. Great Thought show. he was absolutely yeah. superb. Scored after twenty seconds. Set the tone from the very first minute, as I said earlier, and um, he really rubbed off on the likes of Naki Wells and even uh, Vyman at his old age was uh, running around like a youngster, you know, really uh, working hard for the team. And I thought it was very promising for Bristol and gave uh, Holden the dream start. Great show. First down, mate. Uh, my first down, I've gone for Bakuna from Cardiff City. You know, the, listen, you said earlier on about lacking in confidence, but to do the, if you're lacking in confidence, what you do straight away is you put the ball into a channel and and you get on, you play with second balls. You know what I mean? You don't try and pass across your back four. Um, and set the tone, you know what I mean? Because that happens in four minutes, then you've got 86 minutes left of the game, potentially, um, to worry about the mistake you've just done. And he looks like he's got the world on his shoulders at times. And, uh, and I thought he had a really bad start, and it didn't really get much better for him. Yeah, he was not very good, mate. Um, <laughs> my first up will be no surprise to anyone. Uh, my first, Sorry, my first down uh, is Neil Harris. Tactics, formation, personnel, all wrong. Mistakes made everywhere. <laughs> Harris I, 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 out. I, I, no, was gonna say, I was going to say I'm surprised, but I'm not. I'm not. Seeing people call for his head after no, no. that first game made no. me feel physically ill, though. No. And that's coming from someone who doesn't think he should be the Cardiff City manager yeah. and has just spent a good part of the show slaughtering his tactics and his decision-making. However, calling for a manager's head after one game is pathetic. Mm. Give your head a wobble. Listen, we're all passionate, we're all fans, and we all want the best for a football club. But everyone's entitled to opinion, it, mate. But... It didn't happen last. It didn't. Listen, you know what I mean. Sometimes man, changing managers doesn't work. The grass isn't always greener, and uh, we need to be careful sometimes what we wish for. Yeah, indeed. And who you got for your second down, mate? Um, talking about managers, uh, I've gone for <laughs> Philip Cocker at Derby. Um, I thought his I thought his <sighs> tactics were outrageous. Stole mine. Um, I also. When I talk about tactics, he had Wayne Rooney on the bench, and um, I don't get it because if Wayne Rooney's sixty percent fit, he starts and he comes off after seventy-five minutes because Wayne Rooney can manage himself through games. He can sit in front of the back four, he can win tackles, he can win battles. So that must have been for me. It must have been a tactical decision not to play him from somebody's part. But the book stopped with the manager, unfortunately or fortunately for me. I thought it was a really poor call, and you're two 0 down. You start to bring start to bring players on like himself and it's too late you, you've already lost the battle you've already lost the game and um, and for me the manager's got to take responsibility for that and if he's not careful Si he's going to end up losing his job and he yeah. should have probably lost it last year but he got very oh, lucky yeah. probably because so, of Rooney Rooney so, saved him from January unless uh, um, Wayne's not playing on purpose and he's going to take over there's, uh, it's, it's, it's written in the stars for me you've got to if you want to win the war mate you've got to win the battle first and um, that involves getting your personnel right first and foremost then it's tactics and then it's down to the players on the pitch but if you don't get the first two right it's difficult for the players um so my first down is for stoke city um my sorry my second down stoke city because with the they have a superb squad they have a premier league squad in no uncertain terms and they also have a lot of very good established championship players yeah. um they have some incredible attacking talent but they're playing pretty much long ball football. I am not having that. That is piss poor. 
Uh, it's embarrassing, mate, when you can afford to have Tom Tom Ince on the bench and not bring him on, and you're playing pretty much long ball football. Get out, get off my TV. It's rubbish. It, it, it's it's interesting though because uh, you know what I mean. The the the, the potentially so exciting to watch, and it must be so frustrating. We're we're on about teams that we support and and we love, but um, Stoke City fans must be pulling their hair out. They had a, they had a terrible season last season. Um, they're now in a in a in, in, they've now got a manager who they trust in Michael O'Neill. Um, he's brought in some very good footballers, uh, but they need to get results. Results are the most important thing, and we all know ourselves that the results. Uh, defiant of a season and if they don't turn around their results quickly you know what I mean bad results can keep following like they did last season with a similar squad they've got now spot on mate um, ok just to finish off we'll give our predictions for this weekend very very quickly because we're already into Fergie time so week 2 of the championship we did uh, Coventry QPR earlier so tomorrow first and foremost Nottingham Forest versus Cardiff City oh, Jesus um uh, oh, it's, it's a game of two teams lacking lacking any kind of form. Um, not in the forest, unfortunately. Oof, I'm going to go with Cardiff because I think if you want to play anyone at the moment, it's probably Forest. Um, so I'm going to go. I'm going to stick with uh, Cardiff for this week. I think. I think I, I'd like to think that Harris won't make the same mistakes again. <laughs> <laughs> Brentford versus Huddersfield. <laughs> Uh, right, uh, sorry, uh, got me professional head on again. Uh, Blackburn me, uh, Rovers win. Too. Blackburn Rovers win. Uh, Blackburn Rovers from Brentford, Brentford versus Huddersfield. Oh, have you not? Have you just said Brentford against uh, Blackburn against Wickham? I didn't know. I said Brentford. Oh, sorry, Brentford. Uh, <laughs> Brentford. I've got the fixes in uh, front of me. You see? Uh, okay, it's because I got them in a weird order. Uh, so you said Brentford. I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm going to go with Huddersfield, mate. Just for feeling. Feeling dangerous. Um, you've got Brentford. Then what was it? Blackburn, Wickham. Blackburn, Wickham. Yeah, I go. I go home. Win Blackburn Rovers. I think. I, I, I believe. Well, they've just got goals in them for fun at the minute. And I'm gonna go with Blackburn as well. Uh, next up, Swansea, Birmingham. Ooh, I'm gonna go draw. I'm gonna go with the mighty Birmingham City. Um, and if I was making my predictions, I'd been thinking about it all week for the who was going to finish in the. I would go with Birmingham City to make the playoffs this year. Mm. Got to think they might just sneak in. Yeah, got a, got a feeling. Uh, next up, Sheffield Wednesday versus Watford. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday were electric at the weekend, so I'm going to go home win because they also need to claw back these nine points as well. They do, and they need a, a, a big start, don't they? Um, yeah. But I'm still going to go with Watford. I think they'll be just too strong. Uh, Luton versus Derby. I'm going with Luton. I'm going to go with Luton. I'm going to go with Luton. I think they had a really strong start. I think uh, it's the best time to play Derby County. Um, the manager's going to be under severe pressure, by the way, if the we are both right. His way out. Yeah. We called it years ago, mate, like it, back in January. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, Reading versus Barnsley. Uh, home win for me. Yeah, I think Reading as well, just because Barnsley can't keep a clean sheet. Yeah. And Reading looked superb in uh, the first week, which obviously, they, you know, they, that, as the season progresses, that's going to change and, and teams yeah. are going to even out a bit. Norwich, Preston. Home win for me. I'm a big Norwich fan. I think, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think they might change the team, mix it up a little bit and play some fresh faces. And I can't see them, can't see them not winning that. Uh, I'm going to go for a draw there. Preston, uh, they'll, 
make a good start of the season. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go with uh, a draw, and you went with Norwich. Middlesbrough versus Bournemouth. Going to be a tough one this one. Um, I, I can't. I, I'm going to go draw. I, I can't see. I can't see uh, Middlesbrough winning it. I don't know what Bournemouth will be like on the travels, but yeah, I'm going to go draw. And I'm going to go with Bournemouth. I just think they'll have too much for the mighty Borough, mate. Unfortunately for you, uh, Rotherham versus Millwall. Uh, I'm going to go home win because obviously Rotherham's um, tight little ground um, back in the Championship. I know there's no fans, but um, I'm going to say, I'm going to put my neck out and say home win, and I'll be Rotherham with six points out of six. Yeah, I'm going to go with Rotherham as well. There, I think um, if I was a team coming up like Rotherham. I'd be looking to pick up as many early points as possible because you potentially, whilst not mathematically, you can make yourself safe by Christmas by just picking up, not necessarily being out of the bottom three, but by picking up enough wins and goals yeah. and clean sheets early on. It can make yeah. a massive difference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stoke City versus Bristol City for the final game. Uh, oh, big game, uh, both in form. I'm going to go home win. I think Stoke City will uh, will continue their midweek form against Wolves and, and pick up the first win of the season. Long ball football, long ball Stoke yeah. to pick up yeah. the win for AC Long Ball Stoke. Um, I'm going to go with Bristol City. They impressed me. Um, they really have been made a good start, and I uh, not one to to back the the, the Bristol City. But uh, I just they impressed me, so I'm going to go with them. Um, and that's is that all the games? I believe it is. That's yeah. all I've got on mine. Um, so yeah, uh, appreciate everyone tuning in as usual, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for all your very kind comments, and to all the people who agreed with me on my Cardiff City rant. I might clip that because that was quite a good one. Um, I might not clip our little chat about Cardiff. But uh, yeah, it is what it is. It's early days. Don't be calling for managers' heads this early on. It's not good luck for you or no. anyone. It's embarrassing for us all. Um, but Andy, it's been a pleasure, my friend. Yeah, it's I been amazing. Always enjoy the championship show, mate. Always. Uh, this Monday, seven thirty, the Andy Campbell Football Show. Myself and Andy Campbell will be joined by former Manchester United winger. Luke Chadwick, uh, cannot wait for that. It's going to be a really fascinating chat, that one, mate. Yeah. Been, been through a lot in his uh, storied career. He's had a top, yeah. top career, and I think people don't realise, uh, you know, he's had uh, a really, really good career. Yeah, I was lucky enough to, I was lucky to play with Luke um, for, for my country, and very talented boy, very quiet, playing football. Let, let, let his feet do the talking. I know that's a cliche, but he was he was very very talented. You know, I mean, you don't play for Man United if you're no good. You know, he was, and he played within the within the realms of those top world class stars. By the way, so he fully deserved to play when he played. Um, scored a couple of decent goals. Oh, yeah. um, set up some um, very high profile goals and um, and then progressed his career at uh, various clubs. Um, West some Ham, big Stoke, clubs, City, mate. West Ham, yeah. Stoke, mm, yeah. and then finished. Uh, Finished at Cambridge at MK Donso. Yeah, there you are, look. Guys, yeah. finally. <laughs> we've done it for you, guys. We've looked after yeah, you, finally. For you, mate. Yeah, finally. Watch this space, guys, because we've got a few more in the pipeline. Oh, we've got a manager coming up. Not an ex-West Ham manager, I should say. No, we no. have got a manager coming up soon as well. Um, yeah. I will say this. Uh, I'm really looking forward to a little teaser for Monday about one of the questions we're going to ask. I'm going to ask Anne, uh, Luke about uh, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer's comments today about uh, Mason Greenwood and England's treatment of him and basically that United 
kept him from the media for a, a 18 months and then England threw him in straight away on his first day with England to do a media thing on his own. Um, and then what happened happened. So I'd be fascinated to hear his take on that as a former United youth player. You know, they're renowned for looking after their youth players, especially at that time. So it'll be interesting to hear his point of view. But uh, in the meantime, big thank you to Bespoke Financial for sponsoring the show. Please go and check out their stuff. And when you do check out their stuff, uh, tell them that you heard about them from us. And uh, no, John, it is not Neil Harris. I don't think he'd do our show because I'd ask him the difficult questions. Journalist. Uh, and also, uh, big thank you to Black Diamond Sports, of course. Please, guys, spread the word about the shows. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's the uh, the best way to support us at the moment. And uh, you can watch all our other shows. YouTube.com slash Ace Podcast Nation. Got some cracking shows coming up. I recorded the second episode of Kevin McNaughton's Crazy Football last night. And oh my days. It was interesting. I'll say that much. But in the meantime, we'll see you soon. Cheers, Andy. Cheers, Cheers guys. guys. Loved it. Later. See you soon. My mummy and daddy have been talking about life insurance. It sounds like something to protect my brother and me, but I don't really understand. Then my auntie Louise told mummy about Bespoke Financial Teesside. She said they're a local company who helped her with her life insurance. Mummy got in touch and because they're based locally, a man called Darren was able to come to our house. He was really friendly. Darren stayed for a cup of tea and made it all really easy to understand. He said that life insurance will protect our home and family if anything bad were to happen. Like if mummy or daddy got sick, then we'd get enough money to take care of us and our house would be paid for so we wouldn't get taken away. After an hour, Darren said goodbye and mummy and daddy seemed a lot happier. Once it was all sorted, we could all relax and watch a film together as a family. I don't know why they didn't do it sooner. I belong, I belong to you. I belong, I belong to you. Do just what you want. Network.